here we go. Welcome back to the Kings of Anglia fan social. This week, I'm joined by good old Mark Beck, the Sweet Rice Prince, Harvey Davis, and good old Liam from Crew as we discuss all things town. I'm your host as ever, Ross. Hope everyone has had a good week. The season is now up and running. Town, of course, starting with a 1-1 draw against Bolton at Portman Road. But what a crowd it was. 26 plus thousands packed in Portman Road. Great atmosphere, as always. Um, let's get right into the episode then. Let's bring in good old Mark Beck, who's, if you're watching on video, he is donning a very, very nice shirt indeed. Mark, thanks for joining me, my friend, and let the viewers know, listeners know, what you're wearing. I've got, I don't actually know what year it is, I can't remember what year it is, but it's the uh, green and maroon coloured away kit, mid-90s, I don't know, Some if Segs was here, Segs would know. Who, what players wore it, who made it, what material it's made of. Uh, I, I don't know. I just like the kit. But yeah, as we've got forest green, I thought a little forest green number set us up nicely. Um, yeah, good to be back on the fan social and good that football is, is back at Portman Road and we're going to be back on the road this week as well. Indeed, mate. And I liked, um, if you don't watch game day, ladies and gentlemen, um, good old Mark Beck and good old Mike, the turbo sailor. Uh, I like what you did with you. Hit me shoulders. Good old Ross. Um, that's my new little thing I do on game day. You like a shoulder know. slap, don't you? I do. I do. I don't know. Kinky devil. Yeah, I know. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello. Um, another man who is, no, nah, I'm sure he is. Oh, he could be kinky as well. But um, it's good old sweet Ross Prince Harvey Davis. He was back at Portman Road on the weekend. So he was buzzing boy. He did a big trip, a 10 hour round trip. Salute you, Harvey, and salute um, the guy who also gave you a lift, and um, give him a shout out as well because I know he's a well, he's a town fan because he's went to Buddy Gitchwich, but um, you only recently found out he lives around the corner from you or whatever. But um, Harvey, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for having me back on, Ross. Yeah, as you said, big big trip on Saturday, but um, even even though we didn't win it, it was it was worth the uh, it was worth the, the travel. As you said, big big shout out to uh, to Adam who who drove us there and back, very very long way left. Quarter past seven-ish in the morning, got back about quarter to 11 at night, which actually isn't too bad, um, but still still a long, long way. So, yeah, big, big shout-out to Adam. He, uh, he took one for the team there, and I've, I've, I've already reassured him that next time uh, next time we travel down, um, I'll, I'll be driving. So, uh, yeah, give him a follow on Twitter. It's AdamDay underscore Phoenix is his, uh, is his Twitter username. So, give him a follow. He's a big town fan and a, and a good guy. But, yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was brilliant to be back. Really, really good. Uh, 2019, the last time I was, I was back there um, to witness a one-one draw again for Lena with uh, with Stoke. I think it was Will Keane who scored a last-minute header, possibly Will Keane. Um, and it's, I mean, we'll come on to it, but it was like night and day compared to compared to what it was like when I when I last visited, and it was it was amazing. And you know, I'm so used to going to away days, and and I'm still you still see loads of blue shirts there, but this is just like. It was uncanny. Like driving to the to the uh, to the town, it was um, yeah. It, it just made me want to move to Ipswich that little bit more. But uh, yeah, no, it was re- a really good day. A really good day. Definitely, man. And so I know Adam is also a fellow photographer. So hello, Adam. Hope you're good and doing he is. good. Yeah, he is. Hope he's listening. If he is listening, hello, Adam. He Hope will you're be. doing well. <laughs> he is. Top man, top man. And the foreign man that is joining us this week is good old Liam from Crow. The man who drives me about a bit, and um, thanks once again, Liam, for uh, giving me a lift to Felixstowe on Monday. So I left my my house keys and uh, um, headphones and other bits and bobs actually at the stadium where the women's teams play. But anyway, Liam, how are you doing, my friend? I'm all right. Um, 
back from a two-week holiday just in time for the new season. Um, and then back into the old routine of driving you about. So can't complain, really. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty you much, can. You can, you can complain. You've got to drive yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm a nice passenger, I think. I don't moan, really. I just, you know, go with the flow. I always give you a nice little chinwag. I'm not a boring one who's just all, all on their phone. I always have a, we have a little good chats and debates and all that sort of stuff. Play a bit of tunes. Um, but, yeah, we've got a lot of travelling this season. Um I'm sure I'll be joining you on different trips and, um, yeah, look forward to it. And uh, we're going to have a little feature on the podcast this week. Um, the worst and our favourite away days ever for town as we've got our first away day this weekend against Forest Green. But before we get into that, let's quickly round up um, the weekend's result. I know we've covered it on the main pod and you can see articles, you can see many other, you know, debates and insight on those games, uh, on that game. But um, it's a nice opportunity for Mark, Harvey and Liam just to, Give their say on it as well. Uh, Mark, let's talk about the day itself and the result. Um, of course, a lot of changes at Portland Road in terms of the big screen and different things, the PA and all that. Um, what did you think of the upgrades and the result as a whole? Um, it's kind of getting Portland Road into the 21st century at long last. And I think maybe, I don't know, until Mark Gashton came in, we kind of just didn't really think about the stadium. But it, look, especially with someone like Harvey, it is night and day. Like what the upgrades and even just the small things just little facelifts and things like that it does make a real difference and does show we're going in the right direction at least just trying to represent ourselves as a as an up-and-coming club and want to be progressive rather than letting things go to rack and ruin um i know the scoreboard has sort of divided opinion a little bit but as heathy uh yeah it was heathy wasn't it he did the video um show that the club's listening and that's an important thing as well they, they're going to make changes and make it suitable for us so yeah long may that continue um the result probably as i said on on game day fairly happy with it if you'd give me that at three o'clock um probably should have won the game in the end but we're up and away point on the board against a very good team who i expect to be up there this season so you know as long as we follow up with some some wins in the next few games then I can't really complain, to be honest. But, yeah, it's good to be back at Portland Road, you know, seeing the guys from the, the KOA Army who travel the length and breadth of the country to, to watch town, whether that's home or away, and just seeing everyone back at Portland Road, you know, people you only really see at football. And, yeah, um, shout out to Blue Action as well. Really brilliant display as well. Um, I, you know, I think we're blessed to have them uh, at the club. And, yeah, long may that continue, and hopefully some more displays as the wins keep racking up as well. Yeah, I think I'm going to make this title um, basically the banner name. It's um, is it the future's bright. The future's blue and white. white. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And that's really good. Good touch from Blue Action. Always a big shout out to them guys. Um, Harvey, you said, you know, it's been a very long time since you've been at Porn Road. A lot has changed, even just, um, you know, even before this summer, you know, last season, they painted different things. Now you've got uh, the images of different iconic moments of the North Stand, even on the Cobble Stand, there's, you know, different other um, morals and stuff, which is just great to see. Um, what did you think of the Portland Road upgrades and the result as a whole? Yeah, I mean, the upgrades, it it felt like a new stadium, to be honest with you, from, from when I last went. Because, as I said, when I, when I when I went a few years ago, it was the first time in in many years that, I, that I'd been to Portland Road. Um, and I stayed in the Penta Hotel and you walk over the Sir Bobby Bridge, don't you, towards the, towards the stadium. And I remember... I remember looking at it being 
you know, you get that feeling, don't you, when it's your home stadium, that kind of thing. But it felt, it felt run down. It felt like it, it just needed, badly needed a face. I remember looking at the, um, like near the turnstiles and that kind of thing where, you know, the paint was like peeling off and it looked awful. And I, and I, and I was embarrassed. I really was because, as Mark says, the, the stadium just hasn't been, hasn't been updated in so long. And he, he makes a really good point, actually, Mark, because as, as, as a fellow fan, I know it's, it's easy for me to say because I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't go to home games often at all, but it, you don't really think of a stadium. You, you're only really focused on the result. But I think since the ownership has come in, um, those little, little kind of improvements, you know, along the stadium have been brilliant. And I love the, um, you know, like the flying fin and like Pablo Cunago and that kind of thing. I thought it was, it was brilliant. Um, you know, the club shop was absolutely rammed, which is which is amazing to see because when I last went in there, it wasn't at all. Probably could have had about three staff members in there and they would have coped. Um, but this time there was like seven or eight on the till. So it was the club's thriving and it's, it's really, really impressive to see. Um, onto the game itself. Uh, it was a KG, as, as McKenna said, a KG open 20, 25 minutes. I thought Bolton played well in, in that in that time without really threatening Christian Morton the goal too much. Um, but they pressed it really, really well. You know, I've, I've never seen Christian Walton punt so many long kicks forward. That's just not what we do, is it? But he wasn't given a choice because, you know, whether it was Affaline or Dean Charles, whoever it was, they were pressing our centre-back so well that we had no we had no choice but to pump it long. And when you've got a, a centre-back like Ricardo Santos, who's, he really, really impressed me. I thought he was outstanding on that day. He's going to, I mean, he's going to head balls all day long. It does, it's not going to bother him, is it? So, um, you know, once we got into our groove, I thought we played well. From where I was sitting, granted I didn't have the best view, but from where I was sat, it looked like a clear penalty. I had no complaints. The people around me had no complaints either. Um, it looked like it was just a bit of a clumsy challenge, but I think we needed that, to be honest with you. I thought that really kind of gave us a burst of energy to um, to really kick on and, and half-time probably came at the wrong time for us, but at least we... Um, you know, at least we pushed on in the second half as well. Obviously, Evans scored from an actual corner, which I, which I'm convinced now we scored from a corner. So we're just going to win everything. Um, and yeah, we, I thought we deserved to win it. I mean, that Morsi chance. I was on the way home, and it, and it felt like a defeat because I just, I banked on Morsi. I thought, you know, when you, when you saw Burns run away and the crowd all, all stand up, you know, all on their feet. I thought it was written in the stars for Morsi to score. But looking back, weaker left foot. Um, he probably maybe should have, should have taken a touch more potentially, but all in all, as Mark said, I would have taken that. I predicted one nil. I wasn't too far off. I would have taken a, a draw um, against a good team. Some individual performances. I thought Ganassian marshalled Affaline really well. Um, I thought Ladapo led the line well. I was impressed with him. He didn't get the goal, but those goals will come. Um, I thought Burns looked really, really tired. 65, 70 minutes. I thought he looked goosed, to be honest with you. Um, really tired, but hopefully that's just a thing with him being away with Wales. So lots of positives to take. Really, really, really pleased with the with the way we're playing. And yeah, it was it was amazing to be back. I didn't I didn't want to leave, but um, yeah, I'll definitely be back this season for sure. Look forward to it, my friend. Look forward to it. And um, now, Liam, over to you in terms of you know some people who don't know listeners. Um, of course, you got a season ticket a few years back and. 
a lot has changed. You know, we've got new ownerships. We're in League One. Um, but what's your thoughts on the upgrades? And also just quickly mention your thoughts on the game as well. Well, it's like everyone uh, everyone has said, really. It's make it look a lot more of a club going places rather than a club in decline, which is what it was beforehand. Um, uh, I have to say, and I don't know if Mark, is at the same opinion because I think your north stand lower as well, aren't you, Mark? Yeah. Um, the big screen, um, the person that I sit with, Lee, couldn't see um, basically the timer on there. So we entered the last 10 minutes um, and he went, is that 89? And I said, no, I think it's about 80. But it was a bit of a, a struggle to see it. Couldn't really see the team lineups properly although I thought it was a good touch that they kind of had the team lineups and then they put like uh, yellow cards and goals next to the names of players picking those things up but I mean we couldn't see them properly so it was a little bit weird and I don't know if the Tannoy system was as big an improvement as uh, we could hear a bit better but still think it was a bit uh, muffled I would say uh, compared to the rest of the ground, because I mean, last season you may as well just forget about trying to listen to anything in the North Lower because that never worked down there. Um, so but overall, yeah, and I mean, can cashless um kiosk now, even though they were all rammed at half time, um, it does make things go a lot quicker, hopefully, and go through. Although I wasn't actually looking to get anything at half time on Saturday. Um and just the game really. Um I think it's just frustration. Uh I think that it was game of two halves, using the cliche. Um didn't really play get well, we weren't allowed to play. I think that's what everyone said. And we we weren't. Um and we, we struggled a little bit to start with. As Harvey said, it was a penalty. Um soft but it was a penalty. I mean, he stuck his leg out, the guy goes over and yeah, the referee decides to give it. And I think it's one of those that if you're on the receiving end, you're complaining about how soft it is. But if you're the one gaining it, then you're absolutely convinced. And if it had been on the other foot and it had been town player going down, we would have all been screaming blue murder that we weren't given a, a stonewall penalty. So, um, yeah, it was a penalty. Uh, disappointing, though, to go behind, uh, especially with Bolton's record uh, of last season, going ahead and never relinquishing it, at least getting something out of the game. Um, but overall, uh, second half was much better. Um, I'm still can't work out how Morsey hasn't scored. And the fact that I stood there for about five seconds after it happened, just going like that, um, kind of just <laughs> just shows the disbelief, I think, of a lot of us um, of how that didn't nestle in the net. But like everyone said, I would have taken a point beforehand because I think Bolton, although they didn't probably play as well as they probably thought they might do um, and got a good result for them in the end, um, I think they might be up there, up and around there. So... Um, it's a decent point. We, we're not. We haven't lost. 
we've got some chance now to build on that. Um, but yeah, just uh, frustration that we didn't get the winner when we were on top. And that's, I don't want to be negative because it's only first game of the season. But my my only concern is, is that, and it was the same last season, when Town go behind in matches, it's very rare for Town to create enough chances and take them to turn it over completely. So uh, they came back a few times last season to draw games, but I can't remember many games where they came from behind to actually win a game um, and take all three points. And that's my only concern at the moment, that that's still there. And in these tight games um, against the better sides in this division, it's just a, a, a little bit of a worry in the back of back of my mind that if we get an opportunity, are we going to take it to maybe eke out a, a narrow victory? So, but as I say, there were more positives than negatives at the end of the day. So, um, bring on Forest Green on Saturday. Indeed, indeed, we shall. Um, well, we'll get into Forest Green later on in the podcast, of course. But um, the end of the Selena saga is now here. Um, he's joined Turkish side. Was it? Kasa- oh, pronounce Kasa- it. Go on, Ross. Uh, I did have it up and I thought, no, I could just be do the easy route. He's joined a Turkish team on loan. I think it's Kasimam Pasa. No, that's completely... The club in Span- Istanbul. It's like, they've got so many clubs in Istanbul, isn't it? It's like yeah. seven teams or something, you know. It's just, yeah, I think they've got You've got Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, Bikisquets, I've said that wrong as well. Um, there's a lot of teams <laughs> in this band. Yeah, it's crazy. But Selena's joined um, the Turkish please team. Pronounce, please pronounce that again. Oh, no. Oh, wait. I'm not going to do it. Not not for your movement and for the listeners' movements. I'm just going to move on straight away mm. and bring my favourite feature on every podcast we do. And it is the one word to describe this. So, Selena's saga is over. Um, Mark... One word to describe it, and of course, expand on that word. Um, yeah, he's not returning to town this season in League One. What's your thoughts? Um, it's tough to describe it in one word, but I'm probably going to say balance. I think the way we could have gone about things, I think if we really wanted him, we could have easily have stumped up the money and bought him at the start of the window. I think I wouldn't be surprised if that option was... Was was there for us to do, or even even spoken about? But I think the way we've gone about our transfer business since January has been really important to how this side has been set up. You look in January, we easily could have paid the money to get Bon in as well, but we didn't. We stuck with Walton just because we what we needed. And I think if we'd have gone into the summer and paid up for Selena, not discrediting him in any way, he's a fantastic player. Probably far too good for League One on his day. Um, but if we'd bought Selena, would we have been able to have keep, uh, would we be able to keep more um, Burns and Wolfenden? We tied them both down to long contracts. Would we have been able to get Marcus Harness? You could argue they're kind of similar style players. Would we have been able to get Leif Davis, who we hope is going to be a significant upgrade on a real deficiency we had on that left side? So I think. I think it's Billy Bremner said this for Leeds, side over self. We could easily have gone and got that luxury player who probably would win games on his own if he's in the right frame of mind and the right form. But we've guaranteed ourselves a better, more complete squad by 
perhaps not bending to the wishes of whether it's Selena or his agent or Selena's dad, whoever keeps posting on Twitter. Yeah, glad that's over now anyway. But yeah, no, I think we're, it would have been nice, but we're in a very good position without him. So we move on and hopefully we bring another striker in. That's all I hope. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, we've still got um, just under a month for the transfer window to go and um, sexy business hopefully will be firing up again soon. Um, Harvey, uh, one word to describe the Selena saga. It's now over. Um, what word are you going to use? And of course, expand. I think relieved is the first one that came to my head, to be honest with you. Um, relieved that it's it's finally over. The, is he coming? Is he is he not coming? Um, I mean, there's no doubt on his day, as, as, as Marcus said already, he's he's far too good for League One. I mean, we saw that with, with the, you know, you think back to the uh, the goal of Portman Road against Crew. I think, is it Crew? Um, yeah. You know, some of the, Defense splitting passes. I remember one with the outside of his foot that was just unbelievable as well. Um, he's 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 a brilliant player, and, and I saw McKenna's interview today where he said he the club tried really hard to to get him back, um, which I thought was interesting. I, I also thought it was interesting the fact he said at the end of it, "You never know what the future holds." Um, you know, I know that he's signed with his view to a permanent deal, hasn't he? At this, at this Turkish club that I'm also not going to pronounce, but. Um, I think he's out of contract, isn't he, at Dijon next summer? So, if we go up to the championship, I, th- I think I think we will re-sign him. That's my that's my gut feeling. I think he'll I think he'll return. Um, I'm not sure. I don't really buy this. He's not great in League One, but he'll be brilliant in the championship. Kind of argument. I'm not quite sure. That's the case. I think he'd be great in both leagues, really. Um, but yeah, I'm relieved it's over. Wish him well. I mean, he's he's going to crowds of. What is it, two thousand four hundred? Which is going to be very underwhelming. I know he's going to have some great away days um, there, but it's going to be underwhelming to, to play in front of those crowds each week. And you know, we can sit here and debate who, you know, whether Selena wanted it, whether Ashton would pay, whatever. You know, we're all going to have different opinions. The fact of the matter is, we're never going to know. You know, the only people that truly know are, are Selena and, and Ashton and McKenna, whoever whoever that may be. So it's time we moved on. Um, do we need another in that position? After watching Tyrese John Jules on Saturday, I don't think we do. I mean, he's one of the most impressive debuts I've I've seen. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. He's just turned 21. I thought he played he was playing like a 27, 28 year old in their prime. I know it's one game, and I know it was a you know it's a small uh, sample size, but he really, really impressed me. He really did, and I think he's perfect for that um, kind of left left attacking midfield role, but. We'll see what happens. McKenna hasn't ruled bringing out another, bringing in another player for that position. Obviously, we're interested in Hurst as well, so we'll have to see what happens between now um, and the end of August. But ultimately, I'm I'm glad it's over. Indeed. Um, so we've had balance relieved. Liam from Crew, what are you going for? The one word describe Selena saga ending um, and expand as always. <sighs> Boring. Basically, fair enough. It's it, it just boring. I, 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 I'm the same opinion as Mark that if we really wanted him, we would have thrown everything to try and get him in. Um, clearly, I think Ipswich wanted their cake and and eat it basically at the same time. I think 
they wanted to keep him as an option to potentially bring in, but he wasn't a priority. Um, and I think Selena, obviously, other options on the table. And we could have got it done straight away. For me, we don't I, we don't need him in League One. Um, he, he, there is a little bit of a, a mitigating factor for last season that he obviously came in very late and he had the the heart issues after COVID, which meant no preseason. So it did take him a little bit of a a while to get up to speed. But I mean, some of the things he did was outstanding. But it, it's not on a consistent basis. Um, and for me, I just didn't think think it was worth all the hassle to to go through all that to get him. If if Tan really wanted him, then we would have just gone out and got him. Uh, I, I, if he comes back in the championship, fine. I've got no issues with that. Um, he's still a very, very good player. But I, I, with the squad we've got right now, he he isn't a priority. The priority, as Mark said, is another striker. And that's exactly what we need. Because um, I think Ladapo will do all right. I think he'll do fine. He's proven goal scorer at League One. Um, I think John Jules was really exceptional when he came on. Just if he can get that touch at the end <laughs> from some of those balls that were pinged into him, then he will be unstoppable. Um, and obviously, we've got Jackson... Um, as that extra pace uh, option to come off the bench. Um, but w- w- I think, and I said this, um, I've said this a few times, I don't think the main man is in the door yet. Um, and I think there will be a, a big signing in terms of a striker that is going to hopefully score the number of goals that we would want from a main striker for a promotion pushing team. So whether that's Hurst, whether that's Yates, um, there's a few names out there, um, but that's where we need. Selena, again, would have been like last season. It's it's a luxury, but we've got so many options in those forward areas that we don't really need another number 10. It was It's all about now getting in a number nine who's going to score lots of goals. Yeah, hope so too. Um, and Luco, Luco, baby, I love a sunny Luco. Honestly, every time I watch him play, I'm, I'm it, I just, I'm, I'm liking him more and more. Last Your year, I was very much, yeah, pure quality, yeah, definitely. Okay, then, boys. Well, I've had a lot of chat. I think it's time for a bit more, more silly stuff. It's time for the standard strike on the fan social. Um, four questions plus a tiebreaker if needed. Um, we have a very fine competitor in Mark Beck who knows his stuff with the strike, but also Sweet Ralph Prince Harvey Davis is. He's done all right as well in the past, and Liam. Don't don't know. give him kit numbers, please. Um, he's got he's got one. He's got one. Oh, he's got one kit number. But the player is um is an interesting player. Um, but yes, um, of course, as standards, um, it's linked to birthdays and other bits and bobs. Um, so if you want to go that far and do your research, and go ahead uh, every week. But there we go. Of course, play at home, ladies and gentlemen, play at home. Um, so are we all ready? <laughs> Aye, aye, Captain. Okay. okay, let's do it then. Question one is on good old John Walk, of course, today, as of this recording, um, Thursday night, his 65th birthday. Uh, this will be going on Friday. So hello, Friday. Future people, hope you've enjoyed the podcast so far. Um, now, he played 
his final town game against which team in 1996? Was it Tranmere, QPR, or Fulham? A little fun fact: we lost this game three nil at their place, making his um, 678th appearance for town. Of course, that was his final appearance. All right, Liam's gone for Tranmere. Okay then. QPR, Mark yeah, for... I've, I've also gone. I've also gone QPR. You see that? Okay then. Now, this is a shock. It's Tranmere. Liam from Crew has taken the lead. Um, Liam, what, what's your thinking behind that? Did you did you know that already, or is it just no? I'm a Northerner. Okay. Northern option. But yeah, we lost that game three 0 Not not a good day at the office. I that just day. I just know we're terrible at Loftus Road. So yeah, we're up there in the second tier around that period before yeah. they declined. So I, I knew they were up there. Yeah, yeah. Three 0 defeat at Tranmere back in 1996. Um, okay, question two, and it's a shirt number question mark. I'm sorry to say. So Harvey, get ready. Opportunity to get a point back. Um, now this man celebrated his birthday on Monday, and it is Stephen Hunt. So, from John Water, Stephen Hunt. Um, now, what was his shirt number during his time at town? Was it 12, 18, or 24? And Harvey, I think, wrote it down even before the options came up. So, um, he knows it. Um, but now, I, I think this is before your time, Liam, before you came as a supporter. So, this is going to be shot dark. This is a chance, though, for Mark. To yeah, it's so much a shot in the dark that I didn't even realise you were giving me options and I put 14 down. <laughs> so okay. it wasn't even wasn't even an option. So okay. I, I've gone eighteen. I've gone eighteen. Yeah. Twelve. Yeah, it's twelve. It is twelve. It is twelve. Yes. So it's one, one, one. Going into the third question. This is good. Now, third question is on Forest Green. Of course, we travel there this weekend. Now, Forest Green is based in which town in Gloucestershire? Is it Kingswood, Nailsworth, or Stroud? No, this. It's good job. It's a good job I've been Google Google mapping how to get there. Yeah, so. Mark. There we go. I thought that was pretty too easy, mate. That was a too easy question. Yeah, I thought that's a nice little fun fact. You see, you see, he doesn't think about these things when he doesn't drive. You see, no, so no, no. Like... yeah, yeah. Oh. Dig it, dig it into me more and more that I can't drive. I know, I know. The amount of people who came came up to me on Saturday saying, oh, have you passed yet? Or how are you getting on? You all know the, you know, you all know the answer. Still haven't got the it. The pressure's on, Ross. The pressure's on for that pay rise. Yeah. yeah. Plus, going back to the very beginning when I said driving you around, I am expecting a return yeah. this season on some lists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with your pay rise, get yourself, get yeah. yourself a nice, like, Four by four Bentley or something, Ross, and then yeah. uh, you, can, you can ferry Liam around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely need a big car to basically give a lot of people lifts. I owe a lot of people lifts. Um, it's yeah, definitely in triple, probably quadruple figures now. Definitely Liam is probably uh, a lot. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, Forest Green, which town in Gloucestershire are they based? It's uh, Nailsworth. Oh, yes, that was a complete and utter guess. I've also yeah. got males worth. I like it. I like it. So it is Desmond. Desmond It's two, two, two. Going into the final question. Oh, here we go. We'll still use a tiebreaker, as we always do. But um, I'd be interested if um, 
Next question. Of course, the next question is on Connor Wickham. He, um, of course, had just joined Forest Green um, yesterday um, and possibly could play against town on the weekend. Most likely won't start. But now, against which team did Connor Wickham score his first town league goal against? Was it Coventry, Scumthorpe or Doncaster? Um, of course, he scored his first two goals for town in the League Cup against Shrewsbury. In that 3-3 draw in the League Cup. Um, we won on penalties in the end. Uh, Shane Supple, that was his last ever game for the club. Uh, I thought you were going to say scored his hat-trick against, which definitely was Doncaster. It was, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a future strike question. Um, so, anyone forget about that, just for future ones. I, I, I put Cov. Um, yeah, I've also put Cov. I put Cov. You're all wrong. It's actually Scumthorpe. It's actually Scumthorpe. Oh, they're irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's only a one that was... league anymore. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not. That was a one-nil win at Portman Road. Connor Wickham scoring. Um, so we are going to need a tiebreaker. And now I have a feeling you guys may have done some research on this, but you know, you may just remember if you can remember it. Um, now, what is the capacity of the new Lawn Stadium? Oh no! Standard, always a standard. Always got to go to that. It's always at risk for me, though. Could you do your research beforehand just to check if you know that could be a strike one? But what is the capacity? 6,120. Right, 6,120. All right, then. I've gone a little bit higher. I've gone 6,825. Okay. 5,987. Ooh. I think Harvey's got it because I think it might be further. I'm just going to just double-check. <laughs> Um, I've got I'm looking forward down. to the maths. I'm looking forward to the maths to work it out. <laughs> um, now, the correct answer is five thousand one hundred and forty-seven. So, wow, really? So, Mark is they're a close piddly to... little club, aren't they? Yeah, they're very. Yeah, if you think about, it, they're based in a like they're, they're not even based in it's the like Stone Market. Yeah, although. Fellow Stone Market listeners. Stone Martians. Stone Martians, yeah. I know Bono, good old Bono, he lives in Stone Market. Big out, shout out to him. Uh, but there we go, Mark. You've won. Um, you're drinking a Corona, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, a speech, as always, uh, for winning the, the strike this week. Just another day at the office. <laughs> yeah, Starting to keep doing that now. That's just, I'm going to be the dark destroyer of the, of the strike world. Yes, man. Good old definitely. Chase. Tea yeah, time classic. Yes, definitely. Um, and yeah, we got to the tiebreaker without needing someone to gamble. We just got to the tiebreaker because you all got it wrong. And, and, and that's where I see myself winning, that I got to the tiebreaker being yeah. in contention. So you, I took, won. You, took, you took the lead, Liam, mate. You took the lead. You took the yeah, early lead and, and uh, you kept yourself in there. It's fine, mate. You did well. You did well. <laughs> so there we go. I hope everyone enjoyed that at home. hope you uh, let us know how you got on, as always. Um, now, Let's talk about League One as a whole. So the opening day of the season, we saw some some interesting score lines. Uh, my Cambridge dark horse thing has come right because uh, they won the opening day against MK Dons. Happy days. Um, some interesting results all around. Uh, of course, Forest Green, we'll get into that soon, but they won their opening day of the season as well. Um, Mark, we were going to do a video actually last week on your basically League One 1-24 to predictions, but other things came up and we just didn't do it in the end. Busy, um, busy, but- weren't we? Yeah, very busy. Um, but it's an opportunity now to get your top six predictions 
Um, and then also just maybe mention some other clubs you think could be interesting in terms of their league position, maybe even relegation. You never know. So take mm. you take it away, Mark. Who you put in your top six and any other teams you want to look at? Because where do you, where do you want to do I go six to one or one to six? Where do you want me to Ooh. do you want to build it up? Yes, build it up, build it up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So in sixth position, I've got Barnsley. I think they've gone for a bit of a rebuild. Michael Duff's a good manager. Um, obviously did a good job at Cheltenham, but Losing their two star strikers, and we all know who's going to be leading the line for them, probably for the majority of the season, unless they get someone else in. It's Mr. Norwood. So I think it might be a slow burn, but I think they'll gradually get there. And I think they might just sneak in at the end. You know, a, not a great year for them last season, or probably one to forget, to be honest. But there's still elements of that team that finished in the playoffs in the championship the, the previous season. So. There's still there's still hope from there. Um, fifth place, I've got MK Dons. I think again a big rebuild going on there. It's going to be really hard to replace Scott Twine, but I think Liam Mannon once again really good young up and coming manager. And I think they made some good signings. Just going to take a little bit of time for them to get up and running. Fourth place, I've got ourselves Ipswich Town. Um, again, I think maybe some better sides above us, and I think we may just need to go on a run, which we haven't seen a McKenna team do too often. Obviously, it started very well, but when the big fixtures come in, I think we'll need to do that. And I think it'll be a consistent spell in the playoffs, but maybe not really pushing towards the automatics. We, it might be wrong. I'd love to be proved wrong, obviously. So please do that, Kieran McKenna. Um, third place, got Peterborough. Um, I think they know League One, like the back of their hands, always usually in the top eight if not in the top two you can't really stop Johnson Clark Harris at this level to be honest not the best striker at the championship level but he's a league one goal machine and if you've got him fit and firing which he already is two goals already you're going to be laughing really um so the top two uh everyone's favorites for the title is Sheffield Wednesday and I've got them in second place um very good squad recruited very well mostly from Rotherham but I don't think Darren Moore will be the man who gets them there. I think Darren Moore will be an early casualty. And I I don't know why. I just kind of thought in my head as we've been talking in the green room before going live. I've got a feeling Lee Bowyer might take over there. And I think he might be the manager who gets them over the line. But, I mean, if that comes true, I, I might become a bookmaker. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but to win League One, it's the only team we face this season. I've gone for Bolton Wanderers. I think they. I think I broke it down on Twitter the other day. Since they beat us in late January, they were the highest point scorers for the rest of last season, being the highest scorers and having the fourth best defence in that time. They beat Sunderland 6-0 in that time as well. And I think they've kept a very settled squad. Um, we saw what they can do on Saturday. They stifled us very well. And I think Ian Everett's going to be right. They've probably been one of very few teams to get points down here. And I think it's going to be probably just them and maybe another couple of teams. And those teams are going to hopefully be the teams above us, not the teams below us. So, yeah, Bolton Wanderers, who who would have thunk it? League One champions for me. Um, Interesting teams. Bristol Rovers, I think that could go either really well or absolute disaster (laughs) with Jerry Barton. Um, there's a lot of hype around Shrewsbury, but 
I think people forget that Steve Koch was the manager and he is not a very good manager in my eyes. Obviously good at Bristol City back in the day, but I think his best days are behind him. Um, who else could I pick out? I think they'll do. We'll stick with them too. Bristol, Bristol Rovers and Shrewsbury. So I'll leave the others for Harvey and Lewis. Lewis? Liam. I don't know who Lewis is. <laughs> Hello, Lewis. Hello, how you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. Um, well, then, Harvey, you've heard what... Yeah, yeah. I'll get the hat and coat. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, Harvey, you've heard what Mark's had to say, the six to one. Um, what are you going for? You, are you similar or have you chucked in a, another team? I'm slightly different, slightly different. A few similar names in there, but in different-ish positions. Um I think I'll start with the two teams I think will have a I'll do it slightly differently. There's two teams I think will will have a shout of the playoffs and again I might be this, this my take is probably completely wrong, but this is what I think uh, will happen. Um I think Pompey will be up there. Uh, I think they've made some some good signings. Colby Bishop is a player that I've liked for, for years now. He's every time I've had the pleasure of going to Appleton. Um he's been he's been outstanding. Um, you know, regularly gets probably 12 to 15 goals a season. Um, and he's just got a bit of everything. And I know he was quite heavily linked with us last summer, wasn't he, with Cook? And that's one I really wanted to happen at the time. So he's a really good signing. Um, there's a certain Joe Piggott there, who um, who I think will do all right, especially in the front two. I noticed that Cowley played 4-4-2 on, um, on Saturday. So if them two play up front, I think he'll do well. Um, Harry Kane, isn't he? That's what he said Harry the other day. So, yeah. He's got the number 10, hasn't he? So, um, yeah. nice bit of man management there from, uh, from Danny Cowley. Um, and they've brought in the lad, Dane Scarlett, haven't they, from Spurs, who is a really seriously good talent. So, um, I think they'll have a good season. They won't play the best football. They're not going to play teams off the park, but Cowley is good at, at what he does. And um, it's not quite as long ball as people make out, but it's not the best football. But, uh, yeah, Pompey and my other one are Barnsley. I don't think I think the turnover in players I've seen today as well that they're going to lose their captain I think to a to a foreign team so I think they might just miss out but possibly this season after uh, next season they might they might make it in the playoffs because I, I I agree with Mark I really really like Michael Duff I mean the job he did at Cheltenham was unbelievable really it was absolutely phenomenal the job he did so um they're my two outside bets top six in uh, in reverse order again similar to Mark. Uh, sixth, I've gone for Derby County. Slight issue with them burning out towards Christmas, possibly, and, and the new year with lots of fixtures. And they have got aging players, but I think they've got a lot of quality. So I've gone for Derby in sixth. Um, Bolton, I've gone in fifth. Um, in fourth, who hasn't, haven't been mentioned yet, um, I've gone for Wickham. Um, and the reason I say that is just because Gareth Ainsworth is just brilliant at doing Gareth Ainsworth things, and similar to similar to Danny Cowley, the football. I mean, the football's pretty abysmal at Wickham, let's be honest. But every season they're up there. Um, you know, they've, they've still got Sam Votes, who who will do a job in League One. I thought we think he scored fifteen, sixteen last season. Um, they're not recruited brilliantly, but he just gets the best out of the team every single year. So. Um, I think he'll I think he'll get them into fourth place. Third, I've gone for Peterborough. Again, similar to what Mark said. Their recruitment last year was diabolical, but their recruitment when they're in League One is usually absolutely bang on. 
Um, I know they've just lost uh, Shmodek Summoner to Blackburn, but they've got players like Poku and I'm sure they'll recruit someone else in that area as well to have a to have a good season. Obviously, Clark Harris, who will get the golden boot. I've got no, no doubt about that. Um, second place, I have gone for Ipswich. Am I convinced we'll finish second? Uh, not 100%, but I've backed us. I was really impressed with us on Saturday, second half. So, another striker in the building. And there's, there's no doubt we'll win more games than we lose this season, 100%. And if we can average, similar to last season, two points a game, that's promotion winning, you know, that's top two, isn't it, essentially? So, um, I think we'll be up there. And uh, Sheff- Sheffield Wednesday, um, I've gone for first place. I'm actually dif- differing opinions to Mark in- on this one. I-, I like Darren Moore a lot. I think he's I think he's a good manager. Um, you know, he's, he's not spent anything at-, at Sheffield Wednesday. They've been under embargo for a few years. So, he's been, he's been living on free transfers for the last year or so. And, I think he's done a good job. Um, the likes of Josh Windass is fully fit now. He's going to be different class in this league if he can stay fit. They've obviously got Michael Smith. Uh, they brought in the centre-back as well. And I think they're possibly close to agreeing a fee for Wilkes, I think I saw today, which would be a, a brilliant signing. So I think, they'll, I think they've will I think they just got a squad that's far too good for this league. Um, I mean, Barry Bannon, to me, slightly edges it over Morsi, and that's a, that's a big... That's a big, big uh, compliment to Bannon because I think he's just unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, they've got the players to get out of this league. Not convinced about Stockdale, but, yeah, they'll do really well. So, that's my top six. Chef uh, Weds, Ipswich, Peterborough, Wickham, Bolton and Derby. Okay, I'm liking this. Different teams, different debates, different opinions. It's always good to hear. Definitely when it comes to League One predictions and all that sort of stuff. Liam, are you going to have something different for us or are you gone the same sort of Rose as these guys or what are you going for? I think League One trying to predict who's going to be in that top six is a fool's game. There's so many teams um, that could be in there. I mean, um, listening to Marks, I completely forgot about Derby. And then Harvey mentions them and I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, Derby. Um, so, I mean, one team that no one's mentioned who I think will be there and thereabouts again is Plymouth. Um, because I, I think they've kept the majority of that squad together and they've added some decent players. Um, I saw the goal that they scored against Barnsley at the weekend um, by, um, is it Azaz? Um, yeah. Really quality finish that. And I think he's been touted as being going to be a bit of a, a star in League One this season. So I think they're going to be in and around it. Um, MK Dons is an interesting one because I just think it's it's with the with the the team and how that it's basically us last season the gel word and whether they how long it will take for them to gel before they start picking up things because um, they've had quite a bit of upheaval this summer so not quite sure about them Barnsley it's quite interesting people talking about Barnsley and and. Uh, Harvey saying that he thinks they might miss out. Um, it's interesting the fact that they only won two away matches in the whole entire championship season last season and then start off away in League One at Plymouth and lose. So, I mean, I, I, it could be that if they still have those issues on the road, they are probably going to miss out. Um, 
But and again, they're in a bit of of uh, transition. Michael Duff's gone in. It's going to take a little bit of time for them to to kind of find their feet, especially the fact that they've had a few managers now in uh, foreign managers over in, uh, the last few years. So to revert back to an English manager with a, a different uh, way of playing might take them a little while. Um, but I mean, I, I think I think we'll finish second. Um, I think that's one nailed on, but I, I would be happy to say I think we'll finish second. Um, I think we'll make the top two. I don't know if we'll win it, though. I, I think Wednesday will win it, but I think that's more because of um, their formidable record at Hillsborough than anything else. Because having seen the highlights on Saturday, um, defensively from crosses, they still look very susceptible to that. And I know Pompey are the sort of team with the strikers they've brought in are going to be dangerous from crosses, but they didn't defend that very well. Um, And I think on the road last season was the big reason why Wednesday... Um, weren't closer to the top two. Um, they they lost a lot of points on the road. Uh, so, but I I think that they've got strength in depth throughout that squad. Um, and when it all comes together, I think they will be the strongest team. So I think they will be the champions. The four teams in the playoffs, though, it's so difficult. I think Derby might sneak in there. Peterborough will definitely be in there. Um, as Harvey said, Clark Harris is probably shooing for the golden boot. He's already scored two on the opening day. So um, he's off. So that's probably two. And then it's just a difficult one. I, I think Bolton will get in there. Where they'll finish in that in that third to sixth, I don't know. But I think they will be one of the teams in the playoffs. And then it's, it's a number of teams that could sneak into that into that last playoff. As I say, Plymouth will be there. I think MK Dons might uh, get a groove going once they're sorted. I haven't even mentioned Wickham, and I think they will do their usual. Ainsworth, it's interesting what everyone said about Ainsworth. I think it's just that that Wickham and Ainsworth is just a, a, a match made in heaven for each other. They just seem to click. Um and I, I, he he knows how to get that club going. Um, and the way that they play, we know is not exactly attractive, but it does a job. And they were one game away from being promoted. So they're going to be in there. So there's a number of teams. It's a really, really difficult league to call, I think. Um, as in a dark horse. I mean, I, I, I was going to say Shrewsbury, but... By all accounts, their game against Morecambe at the weekend was pretty drab um, and wasn't particularly brilliant. So, I mean, all the hype around them this summer and the impressive signings didn't really get off to a particularly fast start. So, but I mean, it's opening day, so it's it's difficult. Um, too many teams to call, I think. <laughs> I'm going to be a wuss and not predict exactly one to six, but I think... Those five that I've said will definitely, I think, will be the top five in whatever order it'll be. Okay, then. Yeah, League One is going to be exciting. A roller coaster of a season. Looking forward to it. Um, now, boys, 
We've got a first away trip this weekend, uh, the Forest Green Rovers. But before we get into predictions on that, uh, we've got a nice an hour show today. I hope everyone's enjoying. Mark, favourite and worst away days? We've, um, I'm sure you've travelled around the country, ticking off all the different grounds. Um, you can start wherever. Your favourite, your worst. Um, could Forest Green be your next favourite or your next worst? Hopefully not. But um, what's been your favourite and worst away days? Um, there's been many of drab away day I think when I first started it was you know the downhill slope of Mick McCarthy where it would be like we'll take a point here if we go 1-0 down meh damage limitation let Bart do his thing and save a load of things it's, that was that was about it for them so there's been quite a few to pick from from there on the pitch I'd say the 0-0 at Wimbledon under Lambert where it just it literally I've never wasted 90 minutes of my life watching a game of football like it just killed our season off like you just we had that faint hope of clinging on to the I don't know if we were just off the top at that point and hovering in the playoffs or just slipped out and it was just oh it's just absolute drab we were wearing yellow socks as well which is a bloody kick crime and but probably worst in terms of overall experience. Uh, it's no disrespect to whoever organised the coach, but coming back from Morecambe, I've always been careful to mock people who break down on the motorway. But we had a tire blowout. Obviously, it was one-one, a long day, and you're coming home. You just want to get home, especially somewhere as long, getting all the way from Morecambe to Ipswich, and you have a tire blowout. Just outside of Manchester, it's going to take two hours to fix. It's just, yeah, that, well, that wasn't fun. Best one, I'd probably say Pompey was very good last year because that came out of absolutely nowhere. Um, you know, we just drew 2-2 with Cambridge. Everyone's a little bit down, questioning the team really at that stage and probably rightly slow in the, with the benefit of hindsight. But at the time, that result came out of absolutely nowhere. And to smash them 4-1 at somewhere as formidable as Fratton Park was really enjoyable as well. I'd also pick Tranmere away. Um, really good day that was. Again, good good overall day. And the way we came back to win that game and the scenes at the end, it was just a great a great game. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of probably those two. Tranmere and Portsmouth are probably up there the best. Morecambe for the journey home. And Wimbledon for the game, so there's, there's a few in there. Indeed, that's what I'm looking for as well. Just you know, definitely, it's not just about the performance of the game; it's the whole day itself. So, Harvey, you know, what has been your your favourite away day because of the day? Um, if, if the result was a win, happy days. But um, also the worst, once again, you know, just the day itself and all that jazz. Uh, I'll start. I'll start with the worst. The worst, the one that pops in my head. Um, I've gone slightly more retro. I can't remember the exact year, but I think it was 2017. Um, me and my mate were in Union Preston at the time and went to Rotherham away where a certain Tom Adeyemi scored in the, I think it was the 88th minute to to, to make it 1-0. And I, I'm pretty sure that Rotherham hadn't won a single home match all season. Um, and I'm, this, I'm sure this is April or March, April time, something like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, we were on our way back to the car and Rotherham fans were looking at us and saying, why have you travelled all this way? Thankfully, we'd only travelled from Preston, which isn't too far from Rotherham. 
but that was a depressing day. I mean, it was a it was a woeful performance, and Tom Adiemi of all people to score. God knows where where he's at now. Is he retired? Possibly. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a dreadful away day, and, and a thoroughly depressing journey back, being mocked by Rotherham fans on the way to the car. Um, one of the best away days I've been to, but the night out the night before, a uni night out, which was belting. Woke up that morning, nearly missed the training because I was so hungover. Um, but it was Blackpool away, and it was the three-two where Stephen Hunt gave the uh, gave the ch- uh, Blackpool chairman a bit when he scored, and um, I think it was. They'd scored, they'd scored to make it 2-1, I think. We'd equalised to make it 2-2 with Paul Taylor. And then was it Frank Newblay, possibly, who got the third, maybe? Um, I mean, the scenes in the away end were, were absolute carnage that day. It was, a, it was a really, really good day, actually. Um, and just thinking about just worst away days, it's gone back to Blackpool again in my head, thinking just before lockdown, two years ago, whatever it was now, that 2-0 defeat to, to Blackpool was was just shocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only was it was Thomas Holy doing Thomas Holy things and coming out for crosses and not collecting them. Um the weather, I've never in my life it down, been it? cold. Oh my god. It was honestly I thought I was gonna pass out it was that cold. Walking back to the car, I was getting like crisp packets blowing in my face from the beach or whatever. And I you you're driving back and you're thinking like, why do we put ourselves through this? I don't know. But um yeah, there's 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 been a few, there's been a few for for both. But if I was to go for the worst, I'd probably oh no, maybe I'd go. I'm gonna go Blackpool. Blackpool away worst, but Blackpool away best as well. So the best of both I've worlds. Just, I've just thought of another one. Charlton from last season away. Oh, oh my yeah, god, best. that yeah. was yeah. Well, I was gonna awful. say that. <laughs> Did that. Sorry, Liam. <laughs> You can, you can expand on Liam. A lot of people know how bad it was, but um, hopefully we can revenge. Good for Bloomers. Season. Bloomers were on. That's yeah. the best. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the best thing that came out of that game. Like, was it as bad as it looked? Yeah, <laughs> yes, it was, it was, it was awful. Yeah, it looked it looked dreadful. Yeah, hopefully we won't have that scene this season. But you never know. Um, Liam, best and worst away days now. You're, of course, a newbie of away days the last few years, um, but we've travelled around the country already, mate. We've been to Sunderland, we've been to Plymouth. Um, but what has been your, your favourite and worst away days so far? Um, well, it's, it, it, it's like what what you said um, when you were talking to Mark at the very beginning and saying it's more about, not just about the performance on the pitch, it's the whole kind of day. And, I mean, I was going to say Accrington... Um, last season when we lost 2-1 um, but then it was a really good weekend because we stayed at Big John Watson's house and that was a really good weekend so I don't really want to say it was a bad away trip because just the result was crap <laughs> but it has to be Charlton um, just because the game was dire, the atmosphere was toxic, the players had put in absolutely no effort whatsoever or look completely lost, to be honest, of what was going on. Obviously, Cook had just been sacked at the weekend. Um, there was, it was just a complete shambles. Um, and Charlton were, were were value for that win, and could have been more, to be honest. It could have been absolutely embarrassing. And then, obviously, all the scenes at the end. Um, 
with Toto. Um, probably his final, final kind of thing he ever did with town um, is an altercation with the with the fans at the end. Um, but yeah, Bloomer's rant was was the highlight of that. It was a was um that that kind of gave you a little bit more of a an <laughs> a bit of a laugh out of a really bad situation. But I haven't got that that many, you see, to to sample, having not been to that many away games, um, for, as I've only been a season ticket holder a few seasons. But um, that's probably the worst. Um, Harvey did mention Blackpool just before COVID. Um, it was actually 2-1, uh, not 2-0, but it was wet. It was wet. <laughs> It was wet and horrible. I try. I tried to erase it from my memory as quickly as possible. In all honesty, <laughs> again, well, that night was only, rem- that night was only known the, the night out is, after. <laughs> the thing that reminds me of it is Sears was through on goal to win the game oh, in the last no. minute, misses, and then they go at the other end and score with pretty much the last kick of the game. It was just, and then me <sighs> and Ross went back down the M6, and instead of needing a car. We needed like a dinghy because the road was just absolutely sodden. It was that wet as we left the ground, and yet how did Holy not? How did Holy not get that that cross just quickly? How did he not collect that? I still to this day I don't know how a six foot nine goalkeeper could not collect that cross. It was just bizarre. Sorry, Liam. Carry on. I have to get that in. (laughs) That's all right. I've got the same same issues for someone who is that tall. Um, but best away days, I mean, obviously, Sunderland last year has to be up there, even though we lost, um, just for the fun uh, time in Newcastle. Um, and Bloomers and Paul ending up getting back to our Airbnb at like six in the morning because they didn't realize that buses run nearly all night <laughs> and so walk from the centre of Newcastle back to Gateshead, where we were in the pouring rain. Um, (laughs) But that was really good. Um, But for me, on total euphoria of the game, the best away day for me so far was Oxford with that goal by Selena. That, that, That goal, the limbs in that end are something that I have not, experience for a long long time i mean it was just it was just everyone was all over the place i must have been about two or three rows away from where i was actually supposed to be at the end of all that it was just nuts um and obviously again we didn't end up winning but i mean just that euphoria of the goal when we thought it was all going to be great was just was just um it was just a fantastic feeling uh, which I hope to feel again uh, this season. So um, yeah, that that's pretty much what I would sum up so far. Yeah, so far, and yeah, we're travelling to Forest Green for the first time in our history. We're going to be going to many different grounds again this year. Hopefully, many more great away days. Um, all right, then, boys, we're going to wrap up the podcast very quickly here. But predictions, as always, uh, Mark taking on Forest Green for the first time in history. Their first season in League One. They won on the opening day against Bristol Rovers, two-one, and then scored eight ninth minute to get all three points. But um, what's your prediction for this weekend? Um, probably a tougher game than we're anticipating. Like you said, it's their first game at home in League One. Um, bumper crowd as 
it can be for was it 500 5100 whatever it was um they'll be well up for it don't you know we're going to probably have to weather a little bit of an early storm there but we should have the quality to get through you'd like to hope anyway um yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's a little bit depressing having to go to these sorts of places. No disrespect to them, but I think they'll feel when they come to Portman Road, they'll kind of understand why it's a bit strange for us to go to a, a smaller club like themselves. But they're here on merit. We're in the same league. We can't really argue. And I think a lesson to be learned from last season is I think we only took four points from the relic uh, promoted sides from yeah. the below. So the don't think we want one. To change. Oh we might, yeah, don't think we did, did we? Yeah. Four so, draws. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's something definitely we need to work on as much as we need to be up the teams we expect to be around. We need to to polish off the so called minnows in the division as well. So um yeah no um I'm predicting a two one. I think they will score. Um and that'll be a real good test of our metal, really, to see sort of a bumper crowd. I don't know how hostile they'll be. Um, might be some vegan sausage rolls flying about the place when they do score. But, um, yeah, Connor Wickham's... I don't, I don't reckon he'll be fit to play. I don't know. Might be wrong. But um, if he is about, he um, he might get on the score sheet. He didn't score at MK Dons. But, yeah, I'll say 2-1. Um, first points, first win on the board for us. And, yeah, first win on the road. and. Hopefully that'll be the first of many. Yeah, hopefully, hope so too. Oh, uh, Harvey, um, Forest Green Rovers, Itchwich Town. We've had some of these interesting fixtures in League One. You know, we Morecambe's, the Cheltenham's. Um, I can name loads, but um, now Forest Green Rovers. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one and your prediction? Yeah, similar to Mark. I don't think it'll be. I mean, we I say I don't think it'll be easy. There's no easy games in this league. As uh, no teams are going to sit there and have their tummy tickle, let's be honest. So um yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough game. I feel sorry for Forest Green really. They've had their whole team dismantled and their manager in the summer. They obviously had Kane Wilson and Mickey Cadden who are both brilliant players. They both left and um obviously Rob Edwards has gone to Watford as well. So um it'll be a tough game. It'll be a tough game. Uh I I've gone for two 0 my prediction. Um I think we'll we'll go out we'll go up there and 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 do a job with them. I think we'll have too much quality to be fair. I can't see them scoring. I know they've got some decent players. They've got Matty Stevens, who was a top scorer last season, but he came from Peterborough, which just says it all. I mean, Peterborough are always sounding good strikers, aren't they? So he's a really good player. Injured, but he's done his ACL. Yeah, he's done yeah. his ACL, so he won't be playing. Um, so they're lacking a bit of firepower there. So uh, yeah, I think we'll do a job with them. Two 0 and I'm going to go for a Freddie Brace. That's my hot take Ooh. on a Thursday evening. Freddie Ladapo Brace. Okay, <laughs> Love it. Love it indeed. It'd be good to see him getting on a score sheet because, yeah, um, we won't get into people's comments on him already. Um, nope. Good old Liam from Crew. What are you going for, my friend? I know you're making the trip down to Gloucestershire this weekend. Um, what are you going for and uh, your thoughts as a whole? Uh, I, I echo what everyone else has said. I think we'll win 2-0. Um I think we'll have enough uh, defensively. We, we, I think we're going this whole season. We're going to be hard to beat, but it is just a question of um, whether we will score enough to win enough games uh, to finish in my lofty second place position or better. Um, but this is a game. 
I think we should look at winning, even though it won't be easy. And we, we no game in League One is going to be easy. Everyone's going to have their own agenda, whether it's going to be nearer the bottom or whether they're going to be right in the mix for promotion. Um, there's always it's always going to be tough. And, and Ipswich haven't finished in the playoffs for the last three seasons we've been down here and, and we're all expecting suddenly us to go do much better on the optimism of the back end of last year with McKenna but it's still going to be difficult and this is going to be a very good I suppose yardstick to see where town really are um, especially a first challenge away from home and and as Mark said we, di- we didn't win a game against any of the newly promoted sides last year. We, we lost both to Bolton. We picked up, I think, one point. Um, Cambridge, uh, wasn't two, it? Yeah, we got uh, one point against Cambridge, lost at home, didn't we? Two points against Morecambe, two draws in that. And then we had that defeat early on at Cheltenham. And then, and then um, we drew with them in that game where we battered them for 45 minutes, didn't get a goal and then they held out for 45 minutes and pretty much killed our any chance of the playoffs. So th- these are yeah, we we've got to we've got to start putting these teams to bed and start winning these games regardless of what stage of the season it's at. Um so but I think we will. I think we'll have enough for them a 2-0 win um and and hopefully that will be um, as gaining a load of confidence then to go forward uh, with the rest of this month then, where we've got a good chance, I think, of picking up quite a few points um, before we go into a bit more of a tricky September. So, um, yeah, bring it on. Yes, bring it on. That is the word to say. Uh, well, it's been one hell of a podcast, boys. Uh, thanks for joining me as ever. And as standard, Mark, any other business before you say you goodbye? Um, just like to shout out to the club with getting the I can't remember his name, Jason. I can't pronounce his surname. No, I don't ask either, but yeah, yeah, that's why I went to Ross. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to see the club doing right by the people who are putting the money into the club. Um, you know, an absolutely inspirational story. Um, puts things into perspective, really, that is. Football is just a game, but this is people's who are running towards adversity, um, putting their lives on the line to help others. It's their money that the players are, you know, representing at the end of the day, and what we all represent when we put our our shirts on with the badge on. So, um, yeah, really nice to see. Uh, again, it's a, another one of those aspects of the club doing right by the fans and the people that investing in it not only emotionally but financially yeah well said my friend um, well Harvey any other business echo Mark's thoughts really I thought it was a really inspirational story and um, it's great to see some of the, of the players sharing their um, their words and their photos um, with them as well so I thought it was brilliant I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Lionesses as well I, I know I'm not an Englishman but I think they deserve a, a shout out on a, on a really historic win Um I'm not. I've not got loads of knowledge on women's football. I've got to be honest. But as I said to you, Ross, I'm kind of, I want to make it my kind of mission this year to learn more about the women's side of it, especially with with town and that kind of thing. And without wanting to sound incredibly patronising, as I'm sure I'm about to, 
you know, watching the game, it, the technical side of it was really, really impressive, really, really good patterns of play and that kind of thing. It's it's really, really obvious and clear to see that you know, the FA have, have put in a lot of investment into women's football in the last few years and it's it's brilliant to see. I, I was I was kind of glued to it, to be honest with you, which is, uh, yeah, it was a really good game. I think there was like 87, 88,000 there, which is unbelievable, really. I think women's football has come a long way from where it was. I think there's still a long way to go in terms of stereotypes and all that that we are still seeing. But um, yeah, just a, just a, a shout out to them. I thought it was a really impressive win. And as I said, I'll, I'm making it my mission this year. I, I pride myself on knowing an, an awful lot about the men's side of the of the game, of you know, town and that kind of thing. But I want to kind of um, put myself out of my comfort zone a little bit this year and, and learn a bit more on the on the women's side because there's some really good really good teams out there. Indeed, some some good football as well. Um, Liam, you were one of the eighty seven thousand at Wembley on Sunday. But um, any other business? Um, just to echo what Harvey said. Um, it was unreal on Sunday. Brilliant atmosphere at Wembley. Um, went to a few other games earlier in the tournament as well. Um, just a, a brilliant, brilliant advert for for women's football. Um, and I mean, the other thing is, is that the Lionesses are due to play the world champions, uh, the USA at Wembley uh, in October and tickets went on sale for that on uh, Tuesday and were sold out by Wednesday night. So um, it, 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 at the moment, it's on the, the whole game is riding, hopefully riding a big crest of a wave at the moment and that um, everyone uh, associated with women's football we we kind of harness that um, popularity at the moment after the Lionesses win and that we can push things on for Ipswich. I, I hope that means more people turn up to Felixstowe. And from my own point of view, um, with with Needham's women's team, um, that we're, we're progressing and, and hopefully see more people down at Bloomfields as well. So, yeah, hopefully a really exciting season with lots more people backing backing women's football this season. Indeed, well said, boys. Well, thanks for joining me, Mark, Harvey and Liam. It's always a pleasure. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to another edition of The Fan Social. Of course, the podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you and all that jazz. Um, of course, enjoy Forest Green. To everyone who's going, say trip. Um, you could be listening to this podcast on your way to Forest Green. So hello um, if you're on your way to Gloucestershire. Hopefully your trip's been going well so far. Um, you're at the end of the podcast now, so I'm sure you're actually at Forest Green now. But um, we're going to be bringing you many great content this weekend from game day to Mike and Andy React. And of course, other podcasts coming to your your feeds next week. Um, and the kickups, Ross. Don't forget the kickups. That's only home games, mate. Oh right, oh, okay, fair yeah, enough. Fair enough. I, I need to make sure I can't find a ball and nick a ball in in, in someone's fan zone away. And at home at home games, it's fine. Like I know people that I can just take the ball off, but away mm. from I'll, home, I don't I'll take know. a detour to JD Sports or something next time I come to an away yeah. day. And I'll have to do that. <laughs> Definitely, mate. Sounds good. Sounds good. But no, it's been another great podcast. Hope everyone's enjoyed. Of course, subscribe to Kings of Anglia. Uh, follow us on all the socials, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And of course, as I said, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, there we go. I'm now going to go goodbye because I can't speak. 
<laughs> See you later, everybody. Thanks again for listening and watching. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel